Hi, and welcome to The Turbulent World, with me, James M. Dorsey, as your host. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is testing limits of U.S. and European support for Israel's war on Gaza. Cracks in Western support have emerged, not only because of the devastating human toll of Israel's military campaign, including stepped-up attacks on hospitals and schools, but also due to differences on how Gaza would be governed once the guns fall silent. Mr. Netanyahu has yet to outline his vision of an interim Gaza administration beyond stating that Israel would retain security control for an indefinite period to ensure that the Strip does not reemerge as a threat but would not reoccupy Gaza or shoulder responsibility for the territory's day-to-day administration. Israel, the United States, and Europe agree that Hamas's revival is not an option. Quietly, so do some Arab states, including Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. However, that is where the agreement between Israel and its Western backers ends. In contrast to the United States and the European Union that insist on the West Bank's Palestine Authority taking control of Gaza, Mr. Netanyahu has ruled out any role for the entity created under the 1993 Israeli-Palestinian Oslo Accords. Yet, even if Israel and the West were on the same page about this, Getting from A to B is fraught with multiple pitfalls. For one, none of the multiple options under discussion for the day after in Gaza, ranging from the Palestine Authority to control being handed over to Egypt, a United Nations mandate, an Arab force moving into Gaza, and Israeli occupation to the expulsion of Gazans from the territory take Palestinian concerns into consideration. With Palestinian attitudes hardening as a result of the Israeli assault, any post-war interim agreement that fails to hold out credible hope for an end to Israeli occupation of the West Bank and the siege of Gaza and the resolution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is likely to be fragile at best. A recent post-October 7 poll of Palestinian public opinion in the West Bank and Gaza, conducted by Ramallah-based Arab World for Research and Development, does not bode well for arrangements that disregard Palestinian aspiration. More than 80% of those surveyed said their confidence in a peaceful resolution of the conflict had decreased. More than 60% said their belief in a two-state solution involving the creation of an independent Palestinian state alongside Israel had diminished. More than 70% indicated their support for a state in all of historic Palestine. Almost 30% said their faith in Palestinian-Israeli peaceful coexistence had dropped. 74% supported Hamas's brutal October 7 attack that killed 1,200 mostly civilian Israelis. 
75% described Hamas's overall role as positive. 83% said the same about Islamic Jihad, a Gaza-based militant group. And 88% were positive about Hamas's military wing, the Izzat-Din al-Qasem Brigade. 72% favor a post-war national unity government in the West Bank and Gaza. While not explicitly asked, it is a fair assumption that those surveyed envisioned Hamas as part of such a government. Beyond Palestinian public opinion being at odds with post-war options under discussion, the Palestine Authority under President Mahmoud Abbas's leadership has little credibility in the West Bank and Gaza. 95% of Gazans surveyed and 88% in the West Bank judged the Palestine Authority's role negatively. Western leaders have suggested that reform of the authority, widely seen as ineffective and corrupt, would be a prerequisite for it to take control of Gaza. However, it remains unclear how reform would be implemented. Leaving practical difficulties aside, Israel and the West are likely to oppose an election that could be won by Hamas or a group that stands for Hamas's principles that emphasize armed struggle and at best a long-term ceasefire between Israel and a Palestinian state, but no recognition of the Jewish state or peace treaty. In addition, there are no immediate unproblematic candidates to succeed Mr. Abbas. Marwan Barhouti, the most popular candidate long touted as a successor, is serving five cumulative life sentences for murder in an Israeli prison. It is unlikely that Israel would support positioning Mr. Barhouti as a successor, even though he potentially could be released from prison in an exchange of Israeli military personnel captured by Hamas on October 7 and held hostage in Gaza. Israel accuses Mr. Barghouti of founding the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades, a coalition of Palestinian armed groups in the West Bank. In 2006, Mr. Barhouti authored from prison a national conciliation document of the prisoners that was co-signed by Hamas. The document endorsed Palestinians' right to resist occupation, implicitly including armed resistance, while appearing to envision a two-state solution. Equally problematic is the possible candidacy of Abu Dhabi-based Mohammed Dahlan, a UAE-backed Gazan and former Al-Fatah Palestinian security chief in Gaza, who was convicted in absentia in a West Bank court on corruption charges. It's unclear whether Mr. Dahlan, who has been positioning himself in recent weeks, has a support base in Gaza or the West Bank. Moreover, persuading the Palestine Authority or Arab states to get involved in Gaza's post-war administration and reconstruction is easier said than done. Neither the authority nor Arab states are willing to engage without a viable prospect for a resolution of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Recent U.S. and European statements emphasizing a two-state solution are widely considered across the Middle East as empty declarations 
without evidence of a willingness to force Israel to the negotiating table and elicit the policy changes that would make a resolution viable. Even if the United States, the power potentially capable of forcing Israel's hand, were willing to pressure Israel in much the same way that President Dwight D. Eisenhower wanted in the 1950s, a resolution which would call on all United Nations members to suspend not just governmental, but private assistance to Israel, it would take a political change in Israel with no guarantee that a new government would be more pliable. Already, Mr. Netanyahu's political days are numbered, with a majority of Israelis holding him responsible for Israel's intelligence and military failure in anticipating and preventing Hamas's October 7 attack. Proponents of a two-state solution expect that Mr. Netanyahu's post-war downfall will remove from power ultra-nationalists and ultra-conservatives, with whom no constructive engagement is possible. The problem is that changing the Israeli government is unlikely to be a panacea. Benny Gantz, a member of Mr. Netanyahu's war cabinet, who's touted it as the prime minister's possible successor, has ruled out a return to Israel's pre-1967 borders and insisted that Palestinians should have an entity, but not a state. Rami Ben-Barak, a former senior intelligence official and contender for leadership of Yesh Atid, Israel's main opposition party, illustrated just how deep and widespread Israeli anti-Palestinian sentiment is by calling for the disbursement of Gaza's population to the four corners of the world. Scholars Nathan Brown and Amr Hamzawi argued in a recent paper that Arab states could potentially break the deadlock and create an opportunity for U.S. President Joe Biden to balance his support for Israel by putting forward an updated version of the Arab peace plan drafted in 2002. The plan called for normalization of relations with Israel in exchange for an Israeli withdrawal from territories occupied in 1967 and the establishment of an independent Palestinian state with East Jerusalem as its capital alongside the Jewish state. Recent history has shown that heightened attention to Israel and Palestine during phases of intense violence and human suffering could produce unexpected multilateral efforts to push forward conflict resolution measures, and peaceful settlements, Messrs. Brown and Hamzawi said. The scholars suggested the 2002 Arab Peace Plan should be bolstered by a set of principles, including recognizing that Palestinian and Jewish national identities are legitimate and need institutional expression. Individual human rights, as well as national communities' rights, need protection. Anti-Semitic, Islamophobic, and racist rhetoric and actions must be explicitly and unconditionally repudiated by all actors. Any targeting of civilians is not merely rejected, but should be actively combated by all parties to the negotiation process. Settlement activities in the Palestinian territories 
and forced displacement of Palestinians to Egypt, Jordan, or anywhere are outlawed actions all parties commit to fight against. Full diplomatic, political, and economic relations among participating states should be an outcome of the process. No stateless people should be left behind at the conclusion of any set of agreements. With Arab and Muslim foreign ministers visiting the capitals of the permanent members of the United Nations Security Council, one way of updating the Arab peace plan would be to enshrine a reworked plan in a council resolution. It would be hard for any of the permanent members to veto the resolution, which would reflect principles endorsed by all. Washington seems desperate for realistic ideas and may, along with its European allies, react to some of the suggestions listed here less allergically if they are coupled with an offer of regional relations among its various partners, Messrs. Brown and Hamzawi suggested. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed today's column and podcast. The Turbulent World with James M. Dorsey depends on the support of its readers. For the past 12 years, I have maintained free distribution as a way of maximizing impact. I'm determined to keep it that way. However, to avoid putting up a paywall, I need the support of a core of voluntary paid subscribers to cover the cost of producing the column and podcast. If you believe that the column and podcast add value to your understanding and that of the broader public, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. You can do so by clicking on Substack on the subscription button at www.jamesmdorsey.substack.com and choosing one of the subscription options. Thank you. Take care and best wishes.